0: Welcome back, Bears fans, to so another episode of the Chicago Audible, and welcome to our preseason week three postgame show. The Bears just won twenty seven to seventeen down in Indianapolis against, well, the Colts. But more importantly, I'm excited to say that we are seventy five percent of the way through the preseason and are only twelve days between now and things actually getting real. And speaking of things getting real, some breaking news that I think everyone knows already about, but that we need to definitely discuss here in the show. Not bears related, but big enough that Nick and I need to go ahead and definitely talk about it. At least for a moment. But before we do, I need to introduce ourselves. And of course, I'm your host, Old Wit. I'm joined by my Bears brother. Yes, I said it. Yes, I said it again, Nick. Nicholas Moriano. Nick, another week, another weekend night, we're here to evaluate the depth of this Bears team. Andrew Luck decided to retire on the NFL and the Indianapolis Colts as well. I know that news kind of had us, you used the word shook, and I think that is very appropriate. How you are you hanging in there? Because between that and then the whole rigmarole process of our live stream having a hiccup in the first round, whoo, I'm stressed.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a lot to take in right now, and I was telling you that this game was far better than the one against the Giants, where it was pretty brutal to watch um, from start to finish, but this one was entertaining. There were some big plays made by uh, some certain individuals, but when that news came out about Andrew Luck retiring, like I said, I tweeted out that I was shook. That is still the feeling that's going on right now. And it's just crazy that their franchise quarterback, only 29 years old, is now retiring from the NFL. And, you know, that's going to really put back the Colts organization and their, you know, what they had for future plans for this season and moving forward. So, again, a crazy situation. One of the better quarterbacks in this league is now retiring. I know someone, a fan of the show, tweeted to me saying, hey, Nick, I'm at I'm at the stadium right now. And it, it sounds it's like it feels like a funeral. just from Mm -hmm. the atmosphere so i can i can't even imagine what that would be like but it you know if you if you know a colts fan it might be that time to just give them a hug because this is a dark time for them and you know their organization i mean you kind of know what it feels like right with derrick rose
0: and the bulls years ago I mean, he didn't retire but he did end up you know getting traded and i think they're gonna feel relatively the same way but the nfl as a whole i mean this sucks. You don't have many top caliber quarterbacks in the league. And when you lose a guy like Luck, and again, if he wasn't mentally there or physically there, then I understand this. And I'm not saying it's a wrong decision. He's a human and he's able to make these as he goes. But when you look at the NFL and especially the AFC, it's, it makes it a little bit easier for people like Tom Brady again to make another run there in New England. Because the Colts were kind of you know primed to be one of those top teams in the AFC. And now you have to wonder, can they even make the playoffs? It's really, it's incredible. It really is. But this is a bear show. I think we should move on uh-huh. to our post-game coverage. Uh, what do you say, Nick?
1: I think that sounds like a good idea because, again, this was a much better game. There were more talking points than, there, than last there week were. for sure.
0: There were, exactly, except that totally took us out uh, left field here. But let's go ahead. We'll jump into the show. First quarter, my monster moment. I have two, and I don't know which way i want to go, but I'm going to go with my right hand. And I'm going to give it to Eddie Pinero hitting that 58-yard field goal. They're, like you said, Nick, a lot of talking points, a lot of splash plays by guys today. But I couldn't help but have a big smile on my face when our kicker, and again, we've seen these kicks in training camp, but in a live game environment, was able to hit a 58-yard field goal. And on top of that, uh, he's able to hit all five of his kicks today, whether it be field goals or point after attempts. So for me... Eddie Pinero's 58-yard field goal right through the middle of the uprights. It's going to be my monster moment as the Bears have a kicker, one kicker on this team now, and it seems like his confidence, again, should be trending upwards after a day like he had a day, especially after hitting a 58-yarder. So, Nick, I'm going to hand it over to you for the Moriano Minute.
1: Yeah, for this, uh, Moriano, man, I wanted to just talk about the play of Tyler Bray today because not only did he do exceptionally well in distributing the football, but he got that offense moving, and that was something that you really didn't see in any of the Bears' preseason games prior to this drive. There was bits and pieces, but at least he was able to get, you know, some of the tight ends involved, which didn't even...
0: From your big bear hugs to the little notes you leave in your kids' lunches, it's already obvious you're an amazing mom. But there's one thing you can do to be even more amazing. Quit smoking. Because when you quit, not only does your risk of heart attack, stroke, and lung cancer decrease, your kid's risk of asthma, bronchitis, and ear infection does too. It's a win-win. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit QuitlineIowa.org for a quit plan that's right for you. Quit for you. Quit for them. Brought to you by the Iowa Department of Public Health.
1: See a target last week, was able to move the ball downfield and just get the the offense already. Even Eddie Pinheiro in positions to, you know, make that fifty-eight-yard field goal. So it's good to see that the offense was able to move a little bit. Obviously, this won't be what the Bears will be throwing out there come week one against Green Bay, but at least the offense was moving. People are getting involved and showing what they can do for this team. Horstead, the the tight end making an incredible catch. Ian Bunting making some catches. Uh, even Thomas Ives making, you know, a nice catch along the sideline. Tyler Brady was distributing the football and I I think that is worthy of this Moriano minute. That was a good minute there, Nick. Oh,
0: heading into my stat of the game here, I'm going to go with three turnovers on defense yet again. Backups are still taking charge here, getting away with takeaways. And Nick, when I'm looking at the backups for the second straight week, come away with so many takeaways I can't wait to see what the starters can do once we hit week one because if they're already at this aggressive mentality and they're doing it in the preseason, once the real guys get out there, I'm anticipating the, you know this to continue and, of course, maybe even take it up a notch. Um, but on top of that, not just the takeaways today, but the points off turnovers on defense itself. We were able to get two defensive touchdowns today, one from Iggy off a of fumble recovery and one from Dion Bush, which... I think was ruled a fumble recovery, or at least that's what the Colts were saying. But to me, I'm calling that a pick six.
1: Regardless of what it's called, it was a great play by DM Bush, who's just been you know, having an exceptional preseason and also training camp. So that's what you want to see out of these backup guys. But you mentioned it, that this turnover mentality, it's not just with the starters. It's throughout this entire team. And that's great to see with Chuck Pagano now as a defensive coordinator there. All right, Nick, it's time for our MVB. I'm curious, which way are you going to go? Again, so many players
0: that you can probably pick and choose here today, but if you had to choose one bear to you to be the most valuable out of this post preseason game, well, who would it be?
1: You know what? I'm actually going to go with, with Eddie Pinheiro for nailing that 58-yard Same. field goal. Because, look, uh, look, Dion Bush had a great game, and he easily could have been uh, deserve, deserving of the MVP tonight. But what we need to see out of these last two preseason games is if Pinheiro can make kicks in in you know, some high-pressure situations, and 58 yards, that's not n- not easy by any means, but he drilled that right down the middle and still had some leg, some room to go even further. So these are important for him. This is important for the Bears organization. Trubisky was pumped after he hit that field goal, just seeing the confidence that he displayed afterwards in Pinero. So I think this was huge for him moving forward, and I think he is deserving of the MVP tonight. Again, a lot of candidates, but I liked what Pinero did today, and just overall.
0: Yep. I'm going with Eddie as well. Again, he hit all five of his kicks today. You were inside, even though I saw that the roof was open at Lucas Oil tonight down in Indianapolis. So for me, Eddie Panero is an easy one, Nick. I think you hit on all the reasons as to why. Uh, and I don't need to kind of, you know, beat the dead horse here. But Eddie Panero, I just want to kind of explain to at least our listeners the, you know, how big this can be because, you know, he's been battling. And again, he got traded in late throughout this battle, but ever since training camp started with Elliott Fry. And now that he was able to have the sole, you know, ownership of this job ever since this one week, coming into a game, hitting all five year kicks, showing the coaches, like, hey, every time you put me out there, I was able to put points up on the board for you. That's going to do wonders for his confidence, the confidence that maybe even more importantly, the coaching staff has in him to trust him once we get to these regular season games. And again, it was someone who we kept saying throughout the week, oh, he has the Bears kicking job for now. But a game like today is one that you kind of maybe solidifies it a little bit. I don't think it's 100%, but it definitely increases the chances of him solidifying that job for himself. And that's why tonight he was the most valuable bear. And he did score a ton of points for us today. On top of the defense, a lot of them did come from Eddie as well. All right, before we enter the second quarter of our show, we do need to call a quick timeout to tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing sites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? The real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. So why is SeatGeek better than the rest? That's a great question. To put it as simply as possible, SeatGeek is a better process. SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web. It rates each on a scale of 1 to 10. And finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map. And of course, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. All of us here at the Chicago Wild will have the SeatGeek app on our phone as By far, the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets throughout the years. Earlier today, I was looking at the Bears-Chiefs game, the game we're going to. Still plenty of amazing deals left if you're looking at joining us later on here in the season. And here's the kicker. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first purchase. and All you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code BEARS for $10 off your first purchase. That promo code again is BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $10 off your first purchase on SeatGeek. All right, welcome back. You're listening to the Chicago Audible. I'm your host Will Dewitt. I'm joined by my co-host Nicholas Moriano. This is our preseason week three post game show, and it's time to kick off the second quarter of our show and kind of dissect the Bears offense. And Nick, I think the f- first place I kind of want to start today's kind of discussion on offense is the offensive line because we came in with Rashad Coward. You know, he was down with that elbow injury last week. He was out. TJ Clemming, someone that was on your five Bears to watch, you know, kind of started in his place today. But both tackles to start this game, you're looking at Lucas, you're looking at Clemmings, suffered a Horrendously. I mean, they, I couldn't even put into words just how bad they played. They gave the offense no chance. Every time that you had Chase Daniel drop back, he was, you know, under duress instantly. He uh, couldn't really get anything going on the ground as well. And it all kind of started uh, with the outside tackles. And I know that later in the game, Alex Bars, who plays guard, Kind of kicked out to the left tackle, and I thought he was the best tackle that we saw all day, which is a—I have a question coming up for that. But right now, again, offensive line depth has been kind of a concern, Um, but when you're looking at it right now with the outside tackles, are you more concerned than you were even a week ago, or is this more same old kind of thing for you?
1: I think as, you know, just seeing what they did tonight, you should be a little bit more concerned than you were just last week because, again, Rashad Coward was, I guess, the most uh, stable guy at that position being injured. You wanted to see what these guys can do in the place uh, of a Rashad Coward, and they did not show up tonight. TJ Clemmings uh, has a holding penalty. Cornelius Lucas just looked. Terrible from the start. Then you had to bring in, like, an Alex Barza eventually play left tackle. And, again, you said he looked the best, but that's not saying much because of how Mm -hmm. bad these two tackles played throughout the night. So that's a position, like, again, there's not many teams that have some quality tackles on their depth charts to where you're going to feel comfortable with them each and every play during the regular season. But you still would want to have some kind of guys that you can at least – you know run your offense efficiently right now you're you're looking at these backups there's not a guy that you really feel comfortable with so I think after this fourth preseason game these final cuts come down expect the Bears to go get some kind of veteran because I wouldn't feel comfortable going into the regular season with either of these guys right now because again Charles Leno jr. And Bobby Massey great tackles but if they were to miss you know a couple plays or a game or two it's not gonna look good for the Bears in that offensive line now I'm curious to your thoughts
0: on what may changed because in the second half, the bears were able to move the ball a little bit. Do you think it was just going up against some more of the, you know, the deeper guys against on the Colts defense, the lesser talented players, or did you see anything that they kind of changed from one half to the other? Because in the first half uh, before Uh, Ryan all had that huge run. They're only averaging like 0.4 yards per play. It was really horrendous. It was something that you will never see. Hopefully we never even have to talk about anything less than, you know, three to four yards per play in a bears game. I mean, even that's pretty damn bad, but when you're looking at 0.4 yards per play in the first half before that run, and then, and now we ended up the game at 5.2 yards per play, which was more than the Colts had for the entire game. Did you see anything different or was it just a matter of going up against some lesser talented players?
1: You know, I think it's a little bit of both. And I also think it was a play of Tyler Bray just getting the ball out to his playmakers as opposed to – Chase. I know Chase Daniel was under some duress, you know, especially with how the tackles played. But there are times where I thought just get rid of the football. Just try to at least get it to your playmakers. I thought Tyler Bray was a little bit more decisive in just getting the ball out of his hands even when the pocket was collapsing. So I think it's a factor of both of those things. But, again, when you're going down the depth chart, you're going to allow your offense to maybe have – a little bit more time to throw the football because the opposing pass rushers are not as capable of the guys. They were just even ahead of them and their backups as well. But I think it's a culmination of both of those things. Again, um, with this, with these uh, backups, maybe that's not the best to, uh, I guess, justify why one offense is better than the others. But I think that's the reason why we saw a little bit more productivity when Tyler Bray and that third string offense was in the game. All right.
0: Now let's talk about the running backs a little bit today because we saw a little bit of Kareth White. Jr. to start this game. Then it kind of went to Ryan Nall. And then in the second half, it went to the new guy, Clemmings, from Kansas City, kind of making his debut. Now, of course, we already talked about Nall having that nice 69-yard run. But really, that was more, to me, at least credit to a couple of the guys blocking. One, Dex Raymond had a really good block. He didn't give his guy a single opportunity to enter that play. And number two, I, I think I tweeted, Alex Bars kind of opened the door for that one because he kind of you know pulled, came across the formation. And he took two guys out with one block, which is pretty incredible. Blocked one guy right into the other. But when you're looking at the running backs today, what stood out to you? Because this is a very crowded room. And I know Clemmings coming in, you know, I don't think he's fighting for a roster spot per se, but he's maybe fighting Ryan Nall, Kareth White Jr. for like that practice squad kind of role, even though I think White is safe, but it's more like, you know, a battle between Clemmings and Nall right now.
1: Uh, so, I mean, in terms of the running back, I, look, I think Ryan Nall is, I guess, People don't give him enough credit because of what he can do between the tackles in terms of just moving in space. He actually is a like pretty – I wouldn't say elusive, but he has good vision to where he can go out and you know make those big runs. He actually had a 69-yard run last uh, in the last preseason. So it's, it's not something that's, I guess, new for him, but he's right. someone that is capable of doing that. And then also the new running back they bring in, you know, Coldwell, Josh Coldwell. Yeah, I said
0: Clemings, but it's, it's Coldwell.
1: Yeah, so Josh Cole, I mean, I thought that was a very impressive catch over the middle, just diving, not allowing that ball to to move at all from hitting the hitting the ground. So, again, those are some of the plays that it, maybe they're not good enough to make this Bears team, but now he's on tape for a little bit for one of the other 31 NFL teams. But I guess uh, in terms of that, you also got to mention, like, Kareth White, it wasn't just as, as a running back, but he just looked very fast as a runner at the kick returner position. And I think if he keeps showing that, like we said, maybe the Bears have a possibility of putting two kick returners back there uh, on kickoffs. That's just another dynamic that teams are going to have to think about. And if he keeps doing that, showing some good vision, I thought he did show some good vision despite having poor blocking up front. That to where he's getting the most that he can on any given run, but again, it's just not blocked very well. Kareth White is putting together himself a good preseason so far. You know, being a seventh round draft pick, that's exactly what you got to do to make a team.
0: Let's look at some tight ends here real quick, Nick, because, you know, it was nice. Early on, I saw the targeted X Raymond. I was like, great, we're actually going to get a little bit of action from the tight ends today. I already mentioned Raymond had that great block on Null's run, but that was about it from him today. I saw a couple good plays from Ian Bunting, including that 26-yard grab in the fourth quarter. But then, of course, the guy that I'm uh, right now, I'm trying to even think, Horstead? Halstead? Horstead? Horstead, right? Mm-hmm. I don't even have in my notes because by the time he was making plays is when all the Andrew Luck saga was coming through and I was like, couldn't even focus enough to take some more notes here. But he stood out pretty well today. So what's going to be your take on the tight ends? Who's up? Who's down? And we're, I mean, we're now, you know, 75% of the way through the preseason. So who's looking like they're going to potentially have a good chance of making the roster here?
1: Yeah, again, so Ian Bunting has a holding call earlier in the game. Then he makes a couple of nice catches. I really like the one where he adjusted over the mill to make that back shoulder catch. You know, he knows he's in traffic, showing that he can use that big body to kind of separate himself from the defender and give his quarterback a throwing lane. That's how you make a roster. And Ian Bunting, again, wasn't targeted last week. None of the tight ends were, but that's exactly how you do it. Dax Raymond actually, I think it was on the very first drive, got open on a seam route But Chase Daniel just missed it by a little bit. So that was an opportunity taken away from him. But I would have to say Ian Bunning's a guy that's slowly going, you know, back on the up trail from last week, especially. Still, he has those up and down plays. But uh, the Bears are going to be looking for some depth at tight end. And I think that Ian Bunning's a guy, if one more game, he has one more shot to really, you know, prove that he can make the 53-man roster or maybe the practice squad. But I think if he has another good game, You know, the Bears are going to have a pretty tough decision to make. Yeah, the one knock
0: on Bunting still is his ability in, like, blocking. He still Mm -hmm. needs some cleaning up there, which, again, when he's going to be presumably the fourth tight end, a practice squad tight end, those are good opportunities to kind of clean up that technique, gain some extra weight if he needs to, and, you know, work on that strength a little bit. And, of course, technique in terms of blocking. But in terms of what we've seen out of him as a pass catcher, for a guy who has such a limited sample sample space or size, Coming into uh, the NFL, it's really nice to see Uh, anything else on offense that you'd like to discuss because the first half we had nothing. And then the second half, it kind of opened up a little bit. So I want to make sure to give you some space if there was anyone else on this team on offense that kind of stood out to you or any moments or any play specifically that you wanted to kind of talk about.
1: Yeah, just kind of looking at at the stat sheet uh, just for, you know, who made plays. I mean, I already mentioned Thomas Ives' nice catch along the left sideline. But really, other than when Tyler Bray got into the game, the offense was pretty quiet. But then people are starting to make catches, starting to move the football. But I think we hit on the main takeaways from this offensive performance from the Bears. So like you said earlier in the show, Will, let's not beat this dead horse and just continue on going. I think the new
0: slogan is, like, feed a hungry horse, because apparently beat the dead horse is a little too... Okay. I said it first. I, I, I can like, see Ooh. it. I mean, it's one of those, <laughs> yeah, like, I just okay, continued. I get it, but I mean, <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah, I think that's going to do it for me on offense as well. I don't know if you can tell, but I have a cold slash flu I've been battling. I mean, Nick, you know, I've, we've talked throughout the week, mm-hmm. but I think that cold and flu medicine is really kind of kicking in here. It's real blue. It's some Mucinex, not sponsored <laughs> by the show, and I'm feeling pretty good here. Uh, Best I felt pretty much all day long, but let's go ahead. Let's call that a wrap on offense. And before we kind of jump into the third quarter of the show and take a look at the Bears' defense, I just want to mention that last week Nick and I, we had a really good time answering some of your questions at the end of the show. I think we're going to give you an opportunity to go ahead and do that again. So if you're here and you're live with us, uh, start thinking of some questions. And when we get to the fourth quarter of the show, throw them in the chat then so that way I don't have to scroll through. Because if you do them now, I'm not going to find them in the chat. I'll just be honest. And that Mm -hmm. way, once we get to the fourth quarter... Throw your questions in there, and I'll make sure to pick a few to answer here on the show. But let's go ahead, jump right into that third quarter here, Nick, and let's talk about what that Bears defense was able to do again today, and that's going to be turnovers, turnovers, and more turnovers. I mean, we saw him, form uh, James Vodders, Dion Bush. Uh, who else got something through
1: at the end? That um, Joel kind of E.A. E. Bouniwe. Well, he was part of the Vodders play. Yep. Um there's a lot we, more oh the one backup safety that we cannot pronounce his name who got an interception uh can, you know just kind of blanking I can find it here on the statue if Who want to say Boo yes okay. you you did a great job at that because no, it's a uh yeah number 43 Dwayne du- Dwayne I don't even know Jaboui
0: Jaboui <laughs> <laughs> oh that's Chiboui. terrible
1: Nick that's terrible <laughs> we don't
0: get paid to pronounce names unless they make the 53 man roster then we do uh, so, Nick, over to you first. I don't care where you want to take this. Any specific Bears player that you want to just kind of bring up on defense and talk about today? Because for me, I have one. The guy we talked about a lot last week, and that's James Vodders. He's someone who I really hope has a great chance of making this roster, and I hope he either sticks or he's on that practice squad. I believe he could have some eligibility. If he does, he needs to go on that practice squad. If he doesn't, he needs to make this active roster. But over to you real quick before we kind of jump into that.
1: Yeah, since you're going to talk about voters, I want to talk about Nick Kwiatkowski because I think this is a guy up and down in his career and what he can and can't do. What he does well is play downhill – fast fills running lanes and makes tackles and you saw that again today in this game against the colts and i think nick wikowski again he plays to his strengths and that's good for him he's in his last year of his contract similar to Dion bush both being those fourth round draft picks in 2016 and this these are these games are important to guys like that who are backups who need to fill those roles and sometimes they're going to be asked to play in, in games during the regular season but he was also a guy that helped uh you know, get that interception for Dion Bush. He was in position there on the receiver, the tight end uh, with that play, but just gets his hand, you know, in there, maybe disrupts the play a little bit. But Nick Kukowski had himself a really good game. Again, it, I think he was the most, uh, he has been the most solid backup inside linebacker because there's been some inconsistencies at that position. But it's nice knowing that Nick Kukowski is still playing to his strengths. And again, you can count on him to do that for the very least. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Going back to Voters, I mean, even
0: before I talk about the play that everyone saw, there's one that I noticed earlier on uh, that kind of showed his open field discipline. Uh, the play didn't even count. Um, there was actually, I think there was a play, like a holding that kind of took it back. Um, but he was one-on-one against a running back. It was like early in the second quarter. Um, but instead of watching his eyes, he was able to kind of watch the hips. And the running back was trying to like, you know, deke him out a little bit. But he kind of stood his ground and was able to make the tackle. Made it look easier than that actually was because it's a very tough situation to be in one-on-one against an NFL running back along the sidelines there. So I thought it was a really nice play by him. And then, of course, the splash play, uh, play. He got around the left tackle and actually had a tight end there chipping as well, and he was able to knock the ball out free from the quarterback. And, then, of course, Iggy was right there to kind of scoop and score, even though everyone just kind of stood there, made it really easy for us to get that touchdown. But Vodder's doing this. I mean, the more I've seen him, I think I forgot who said it on Twitter, uh, one of our followers, and I met him last year uh, in training camp. But he was like, you know, Vodder seems like he's a guy who's always in the right place right time. And he can't teach that. And he's very right. That's a really good assessment there. And that's a big reason I really want Vodders to kind of make this team. Uh, because when you're looking at an Isaiah Irving or even a Kylie Fitz, I've never seen anything like it from either of those guys. We've seen a couple splashes from Irving and even a couple tonight, but nothing into the degree that we've seen from Vodders. And again, he's a little bit older, a little bit more seasoned. He's been around uh, the CFL and a couple training camps as well here in the NFL. He's a guy that I would love to see be like the fourth rusher on this team, right behind an Aaron Lynch. I mean, he can come in uh, when an offense is a little bit worn down, you know, give uh, either Leonard Floyd, I don't want to say Khalil Mack, I'd rather keep Khalil Mack on the field. So give Floyd a breather and then Voders can come in. And I think he could wreak havoc in worst case scenario. I mean, he's in the right spot at the right time and can make a play. Uh, so for me, James Voders his stock continues to rise up. Today was a perfect opportunity because we said it last week. He couldn't just keep that game as his you know, resume. He needed to find ways to build on it. And tonight, James Vauders found ways to build off his performance from Week 2. He has one more week. We'll see where he kind of stands based off of how uh, the Bears coaches kind of put some players out next week. Obviously, Vauders was behind Fitz and Irving still today. But I think that after some reflection, hopefully they should give him some more playing time ahead of those guys or kind of keep it 50-50 to see where they fit. And again, I know for certain, Kylie Fitz has practice squad eligibility. So it's not like you're Mm -hmm. losing a guy. I don't think anyone's going to pick him up on waivers. So if you want to continue to groom him, season him, Kylie Fitz, the practice squad is destined for you yet again this season. Uh, let's see, Nick. Anywhere else you want to go? I mean, there's a lot of good things from the Bears' defense today. Uh, not just the turnovers, but after a few rocky possessions, they really kind of you know pinned their ears back and kind of held their ground a little bit today.
1: Yeah, let, I mean, sticking maybe, uh, you know, just with those linebackers, Joel E.A. Buniwe, after he gets that uh, touchdown off of the, the sack there, the very next series for him, he completely blows up a running back and gets himself a sack. I think it was the fifth sack in the night at the time for the Bears from uh, Iggy and you know those are the plays that you want to see from him being you know the second linebacker drafted in 2018 maybe may be a questionable move at the time and still can be but that's what you want to see from Joel E.A. Buniwe, because I think throughout this preseason he had again his ups and downs remember I think it was the very first preseason game this year he was he didn't run to the ball against um you know it was a running back he got out of the backfield he was hesitant but they're just going straight down the line, blowing up a running back and getting himself a sack. That's what you want to see. And I think, uh, you know, he's he made the right step in this game. Let's see how he does now in this uh, this last preseason game. But we have to talk about Dion Bush just having again himself a mm-hmm. great preseason so far. Just kind of shifting over to the DBs again, putting himself. Putting himself in a position to make plays, he came in uh, from what Miami being this hard known as a hard hitter and delivered a pretty hard hit in this game and luckily came away from that hit, you know, feeling okay. He ends up, you know, returning that 92 yards uh, fumble recovery, whatever you guys want to call it, for a touchdown. But Dion Bush has just solidified that he can be a quality backup safety in case, you know, maybe Eddie Jackson, Hot Clint Dix have to come out for a play. Or if the Bears go big, dime uh, dime package. He could be on the field and be someone that you trust out there. But, uh, again, another DB. Duke Shelley, I thought he kind of had an up-and-down game. I thought he could have done a little better at staying connected to the receiver. But then you see him make plays in the run game where he's taking on a block, getting to the edge, chasing down a running back, and you see him trying to strip the football. He's wearing that number 33 number, and we know (laughs) – we know that Charles Hillman was the best at stripping the football, so that was great to see from Duke Shelley.
0: Yeah, it really was. Again, he's around the ball a lot, Duke Shelley was again today, and I agree his coverage uh, could be cleaned up a little bit. At least he wasn't pulling you know, a Michael Joseph on 3rd and 10, uh, just letting the guy go, missed a tackle, a easy 46-yard touchdown early on in this game. He didn't do anything of that nature, which I'm sure is... Uh, and at least some relief. Uh, I'll actually jump right around. Let's just have some fun. It's preseason. We're not keeping things super uh, neat and tidy here tonight anyway. Uh, so let's go to defensive line. I thought that Roy Robertson Harris, I'll play John Biller tonight uh, when they're both out there early on. I saw that uh, Robertson Harris he had two really good plays. Uh, he threw back the guard, made a tackle for a loss. He actually had two tackles for a loss in his uh, in the first half today. And then you have Don Bullard uh, missing a sack. He had the guy, uh, but was unable to kind of keep him, lost him, turned into a big gain off of a scramble. But then two other players that don't get a lot of love that I think deserve some tonight, number one, Nick Williams. Uh, he was able to get that sack on the second drive. It was on third down. It was a coverage sack, but I really liked his closing speed to make the play. And again, he was someone who was on the team last year as the backup nose tackle. And in the, the fact that you see that closing speed against the quarterback uh, is very impressive. And he, he can play nose tackle, and he can also play over at the the five technique as well. And then when you're looking at uh, Adula, Abdullah Anderson, someone who was quiet a week ago, flashed in the first week, but now he's flashing. So he's hot and cold, and he was hot again tonight. I uh, had a really good fight in the trenches to get a sack. And then I also saw another play that I wanted to reference uh, where his IQ, his football smarts were on display. Uh, he saw a screen and was able to run it down from behind, and it was really impressive seeing our defensive tackle kind of make a play eight or so yards down the field. Uh, that's a play where I think Iggy was kind of nearby, but didn't really corral the guy, and I was like, well, at least Anderson's there uh, to kind of clean up after him, so seeing him recognize the play and chase it down from behind, to me, is a positive, positive time for him, and again, I don't think he's going to make this team. There's just not enough room, um, but Nick Williams is someone who was here last year, I vision kind of sticking around and for him to go out there tonight and have you know a couple of good plays he also had uh i talked about the sack uh the very following drive he made a tackle uh, against the run right at the line of scrimmage another really strong play by him as well tonight uh did you see anything else from the defensive line that you wanted to kind of hit on
1: You know, I mean, you mentioned – I don't know if you – look, I've been reading the the, uh, Andrew Luck news. People booed him. He was so emotional in the press conference. But to get back to the Bears, uh, Roy Robertson-Harris, I mean, he made a couple of flash plays when he was in the game early on. And I think, again, we know where Roy Robertson-Harris kind of stands, I think, in this football team. Obviously not – the the starting line, but he's quality depth piece, and he's just been making plays in the preseason. But I think you definitely hit on the guys that we need to mention on the defensive line. But Will, I think you go back in all the way to the first segment. Do we do what do we call that one section? Monster. So okay, see, I see your your reaction there. Yep. Do we want to go back to that? We can if you want.
0: to, oh, God, we're really off our game tonight. But <laughs> this it's okay. It's preseason. That's all right. This, this isn't a dress all reversal, like it used news. to be.
1: They're all you know,
0: discombobulated a little bit here. All right, yeah. So we had a few people kind of chime in with some ideas, and I was going to put them in my notes in the fourth quarter of the game, and then the Andrew Luck stuff happened. Uh, the one that it sticks with me uh, was like the Bear Racer, so like an eraser huh. moment. So I thought that was pretty clever, right? Uh, so yeah, Nick, if you had to take one moment back today, and I'm going to go through and I want to credit everyone who submitted their stuff. We'll do that next week. I apologize. You can blame Andrew Luck. Uh, I'm sure Colts fans are doing plenty of that right now. But Nick, if you want to go back and take away one play today, what would would that be and why
1: Uh, it's going to be the play I think it was a third down play where Chase Daniel it it gets sacked. he tries to pitch the ball over to Ryan Nall it gets taken back but Mm -hmm. TJ Clemmings gets injured on that play running backwards and we already know about the depth at tackle for the Bears but just erase that completely because it didn't help the Bears in any way way shape or form you got somebody got injured and we already know about the depth at the tackle position for the bears but that's just a play that you can completely take out you don't need it It didn't help anybody but that's the one that kind of just stood out in my mind for a play that just needs to be gone
0: that's a good one i mean really that play uh chase needs to just go down and give pinero an opportunity to kick a field goal i mean no reason to make it as crazy as that was anyway uh, so yeah, that's a good one for you. For me, I can't think of anyone better today. Maybe Matt Nagy challenging those uh, pass interference calls or no calls today. I think you know I was kind of annoyed by it at first, as as we talked about it uh, week one of the preseason. But now I think I get it. He's trying to see will it ever work because it's not, and every time he tries, they're not going to reverse it. So I think he's just trying to see like and feel out this process, like, will this impact games? Will it not? And it seems like right now, unless it drastically changes here, once the games start mattering, it seems like it's going to be, you know, a non-issue, which to me is the exact thing I was hoping for when I was first griping about this. So that's still going to be my takeaway thing, even though I am actually kind of came around to it a little bit because I think he's just kind of feeling them out. And I do believe that we've noticed that uh, that's not really going to impact games. But I bet you there's going to be a game this year in which it will at a very critical moment down the stretch. And we'll be talking about it, Uh, maybe not on our show, but maybe at least offline you and I will for sure. All right, Nick, before we kind of go into the fourth quarter of our show, I did want to do one up, one down. Your opinion, whose stock on defense
1: rose the most tonight and dove the most tonight? Ooh, good question. Rosamos tonight on defense. Uh, You know what? I think we're going to – I'm going to go with Joel EA Buniwe for a guy that was on the uptrend for tonight because of, again, getting into the end zone, blowing up a running back in the backfield, getting himself a sack. I think he's been pretty inconsistent in the preseason. But when you do those two things, those those are flashy plays, right? You'll Mm -hmm. see that on tape. Coaches will look back at that, seeing what Iggy can do. I think his stock rose. Uh, For guys that went down, maybe just – I would have to go – you know, this is a person that I wasn't really expecting. But Sherrick McManus missed a couple of open field tackles today. He's a mm. veteran now, transitioning from that nickel corner position now to safety. Where I guess he he's not a, a shoe in lock to make the roster, but you expect him to because of you know he's made it through five different Bears head coaches now. But he he had a really down game today. I wasn't really expecting that from a veteran player like Sherrick McManus.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I have that in my notes. Uh, there's the one that he missed that kind of led to a touchdown. And, you know, it's Sherrick, mm-hmm. and I think he's very versatile. I mean, if he can play safety and also play, you know, nickel in a pinch and, again, special teams captain, I'm not going to gripe on him too much. But I do understand, like, plays like that. I mean, th- th- you remember them. And if you remember them, you better believe that the coaching staff remembers those as well. And he's getting up there. This could be one of his final years over here in Chicago as well because he's getting up there. I mean, you never know. You could retire tonight. Like Andrew Luck. You just never know, Nick. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead. Jump into fourth quarter. And, of course, that begins our quick hit on special teams. And now's the perfect time. If you do have any questions for us that you'd like us to answer live here on the show, throw them in the chat. I'll be keeping an eye out. Uh, so, special teams. Nick, are you comfortable
1: with Eddie Pinero being your kicker week one after what you saw tonight? Oh, man. That's a... I'm gonna you know I do feel a little bit more comfortable after tonight's game than I did you know just a couple of hours before this game started, but i I need to see you know one more preseason game just to make sure I feel comfortable i I don't really expect a Pinero to kick a lot of fifty eight yard field goals come the regular season, but I do feel. A little bit more comfortable now that he's, you know, made his kicks and he's went five for five extra points and field goals. So I do feel a little bit more comfortable. I don't think it's over though. I don't he hasn't won the competition yet. You never know who the Bears are gonna bring in just in case if he does slip up next week. But I do feel a little bit more comfortable about Eddie Pinheiro.
0: I think heading into this game, I was kind of in the middle. I was about a five in terms of like my confidence level. And I think after today, I'm up to like a seven, and that's not too bad. I don't, I can't remember the last time I felt like a seven, in a Bears kicker. Now again, these are preseason games, and we're saying that you know these kicks count, but they don't. So we need to also kind of keep that in consideration. But like I said in the opening of this show, I really do believe a night like tonight can go such a long way for his confidence. The one thing I was a little confused about and i'm curious to your thoughts on this as well is when they had like a fourth in like 17 and they tried going for it instead of giving him like another 55 yard or so attempt uh i was hoping to see him kick another one um but were you or are you okay with them kind of you know giving him that hey you made a 58 yard tonight we don't need to see any more, those sorts of things
1: I guess I maybe the decision making of whether or not this is true or not, but it's like how many times in a game are they actually going to opt to do that and or you know, kick maybe it would just be a punt in that situation, but I don't yeah, I guess I don't understand what's the reasoning not for not letting him get another opportunity because the offense was so bad in the first half that he wasn't being able to go down the field and actually attempt kicks, so take him when you can. But I think the other thing that we do have to, you know, remember here, this was indoors and obviously kicking at Soldier Field is a whole animal in itself. So yes, he has confidence going into it, but we have to see what he can do, you know, outdoors at Soldier Field where it's one of the hardest places to kick a field goal.
0: I do want to mention uh here on Facebook, we are answering some questions here in just a moment, but uh Anthony On Facebook Live, I just want to let you know we are watching you over here on Facebook. The comments come in as well. He asked the same question I just asked you about that decision. So I just want to make sure that Anthony knew we saw that question come through as well. But I think I beat him, at least on my end, by about 20 seconds. So a little quicker on the draw next time. No, I'm just giving you a hard time. But uh, let's go ahead. Moving forward here, Nick, uh, when you're looking at uh, special teams today, I thought punt coverages looked a little bit better. Uh, We didn't have as many opportunities overall. Not complaining. First half, we had plenty. Uh, second half, not so much. But I thought those looked improved. And then when you're looking at the return game and you're looking at Careth White Jr., he had two returns that got to at least the 30-yard line in the first half. He averaged 25.7 yards per kick return. Is he starting to prove to use some of that value on special teams that he can be that second guy in line in terms of you know returning kicks behind a Cordero Patterson?
1: Absolutely. I think with him as a kick returner, you see his value there because he has that speed, but he he just makes his decision and is not hesitant with it. We've seen kick kick returns in the past for the bears who have, you know, they've gone through a cycle of guys, but Kareth white jr. He, he has his mindset of where he wants to go. He knows where his blockers are and he just hits the hole and will take what the kick return is kind of giving him. And I think that you can find value in that in a seventh round draft pick, who's at least getting positive yards from that, from that position where the bears were averaging, I think last year, 19 yards per, per kickoff return, one of the last in the league. So I think, in terms of a special teams guy at that position, you know, you have Cordell Patterson as the number one slotted guy, but you could definitely find value from a, a Careth white jr. And especially what he's been doing all preseason. If that hole doesn't happen last week, he has already a kick return. So I think the bears are definitely keeping an eye on him and seeing, you know, how they can possibly fit him on maybe this active roster, or at least on the practice squad. All right. Anything else on special teams tonight, Nick? No, I mean, you mentioned it though, punt return coverage, was so much better today than it has been in the past two preseason games because it was pretty bad. Today, you know, they did a good job of corralling to the punt returner and just taking him down.
0: Did you notice that Mizell was usually the guy around there?
1: Yeah, he's got to make up for what he did or didn't do last week. That's, that's how you potentially stay with the team, but we all know the answer to that.
0: All right, let's go ahead and let's do our Q and A. I see a question came in from Joseph here on uh, YouTube. And he wants to know: Does D. M. Bush uh, find a way to end up being a starter over a Ha Ha Clinton Dix before the season ends? Not even counting injuries here.
1: No, I don't. You know, I don't think that's going to be the case, uh, especially with Ha Ha. Clint Dicks being on that one-year deal being you know a guy that's done some good things in the NFL thus far in his career I think haha is the guy that they're going to go with I don't think that Deion Bush uh you know overtakes his position but I do see him getting onto the field especially when they got to go into a dime package instead of maybe bringing on that usually a smaller nickel corner and you want to go a little bit bigger with a, a Dion Bush who can has a better chance of guarding tight ends that's the way you want to go with it and the bears did do a little bit of that when we were at training camp i saw that a couple of times maybe they'll start utilizing that more because of the confidence that maybe the coaching staff has in a deon bush and his play has shown that
0: okay i don't think we have okay i got one more and you know i'm just gonna do it because i've seen a bunch about chase daniel and then another one can tyler bray be the backup quarterback because based off of what we saw tonight I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week. A, when you're looking at Chase Daniel, look what you saw last year. Don't look what you're seeing in the preseason. They're not game planning. He's working with all backups. And yes, you can say Chase is, I mean, uh, Tyler Bray is as well, but he's going up against a lesser talented backup defense because they're putting in third strings at that point. Uh, and again, uh, the offensive tackles were not giving Chase Daniel any opportunity. I thought he did have at moments uh, some a little bit of happy feet, but God, if I was him, I would be too, given what I've been playing behind all preseason as well. But I do understand the frustration. I understand watching Chase Daniel go out there, uh, you know, lay a big old goose egg, and that's about it. And if that was my backup quarterback, who he is... I would be very frustrated as well, but I need to remember, and I think we do as fans, remember what we did last year for us, and again, it wasn't overly great, but he's a serviceable backup, and more importantly, he's a huge mentor to Mitch, someone who knows his offense like the back of his hand, and is someone that's pretty much like an extra coach out there, and I understand that you're worried, like, hey, if we need to play him for any extended amount of time, we're going to be screwed. Well, most teams in the NFL are, if it comes down to that situation, but I think daniel is serviceable enough and our defense is good enough once we actually have real games that matter with all 22 starters out there we should be able to overcome it Uh, even if he is you know maybe slightly less than serviceable for some reason if he regresses but i don't think you're going to see anything less than what we saw last year and i don't think there's any realm in which tyler bray is a better option for your number two what about you nick
1: Yeah, no, this whole conversation between the Chase Daniel, Tyler Bray, who's better than, you know, whatever, it's Tyler Bray looked good tonight. You know, and some backup quarterbacks take advantage of the spotlight when they're given to give, di- giving it to them in the preseason. That happens. But Chase Daniel didn't really have much of an option here when, you know, these edge rushers are bearing down his neck because these tackles just couldn't provide any, any push. But you give Chase Daniel now the Bears' starting offensive line and Allen Robinson, you know, all these weapons, I bet you Chase Daniel looks a lot better than what he has looked like thus far in the preseason. I will admit, he did not play well today i thought there were a couple times where he should have thrown the ball shouldn't have taken some sacks had some bad decision making but we were at training camp we saw how these two uh were playing chase daniel is a better quarterback than tyler bray i can tell you that he didn't show that tonight, but Tyler Bray in training camp was just making a lot of boneheaded plays, making some wrong decisions. I know he's playing the Bears defense, but there were times where Chase Daniels running the offense. It looked a lot better. He was making better decisions. I think that's a more important thing. He wasn't able to do anything tonight, but that doesn't mean he's not the better quarterback. He is, and give him a starting offense— Actually, that can block for him and he has weapons on the outside, you'll see what Chase Daniel can do. Again, I'm not saying that he's a great quarterback, but he's a good guy to have at step. Let's put this to rest. Tyler Bray is not better than Chase Daniel.
0: Yeah, and again, it's uh I don't even like it's like I saw someone in the comments was like, Oh, we're not paying Chase to be his friend. I'm not saying we're paying Chase to be Mitch's friend. I'm saying you pay Chase to be that mentor. He's like an extra coach for you. He literally like they hang out all the time outside the field and he has experience as a quarterback in this system. So it's firsthand accounts. He's an extra pair of eyes, an extra pair of ears. So if you know, Mitch has, you know, if he wants to complain about something and that to the coaches again, I don't need to get into it, but this conversation's one that, once week one starts, we don't have to hear all year. So that's very exciting. Exactly. It, it doesn't matter. We're really finding things to talk about if we're really going to start overanalyzing backup quarterbacks. I saw Caleb Haney play really, really good in the preseason. <laughs> and how did he do when he was thrust into playing time in the NFC Championship? Mm. All right, Nick, I'm getting tired. I'm sure you are too. And I mean, we have all this Andrew Luck stuff that so I'm sure you want to kind of keep up on as well. So let's go ahead and jump into our two-minute warning, wrap up our thoughts on this game and kind of look forward and ahead uh, to next week, which again, thankfully is the final preseason game of the year. Thank God.
1: Thank God is right. Well, final preseason game of the year. Then we'll actually get to see the bears starters again in action, but this is a great opportunity for the bears to For these guys that are on the roster bubble, who are looking on the outside in to possibly make this roster, this is their chance. This is their final chance to show that they are capable of being one of the 53 on the Bears or on any... uh, of the 31 other teams. So guys that are maybe like a James Vodders who's made a couple, you know, a lot of flash plays. It's a great chance for him. Again, a John Franklin, III did didn't hear much of him tonight. Maybe this is his last opportunity to show something with the bears. A Kylie Fitz, Who's a six round draft pick just a year ago. Hasn't really showed much yet. Right? So these guys that are on the bubble, they need to show up and it's a very important game for them. But like you said, Thank God it's almost over. I cannot wait to see the starters actually get some real action. Absolutely. I mean, it
0: can't really get here soon enough, none whatsoever. Uh, So for me, I mean, you talked about those guys. I mean, we talked about them all show long. I mean, we really can't get more into that. For me, Nick, I'm just ready for real football. I'm going to keep it short, sweet, and to the point. I'm ready for real football to get here yesterday. I think it's really weird when we don't get to see our starters at all. Throughout the preseason, I'm not used to it. I'm sure most people here aren't as well, but I'm not complaining. We're keeping them healthy. We're keeping them safe. And when it comes to crunch time, in a couple of weeks against Green Bay, it's going to be a lot of fun to have a 100% Bears team going at them. Uh, so that's going to do it for my two-minute warning. And that's going to do it for this episode of Chicago Audible. On behalf of my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, this is Will DeWitt signing off. Thanks to everyone who tuned in live. And, of course, if you are listening to podcasts, we appreciate you as well. But until next time. Bear down Chicago. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm, in the order
1: it was received. Please hold.
0: Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.